Church, I want to introduce our guest speaker to you today. Uh, Raymond Ramos is going to be bringing the word uh, this morning, and I couldn't be more thrilled for you to get to hear from him. Uh, Ray is the one of the co-founders of the Recovery House of Worship. They have an incredible ministry here in Brooklyn, but actually all over the five boroughs. Uh, they have helped so many people uh, come to know the message of Jesus, uh, find, find freedom in Christ, uh, walk, walk out their recovery uh, in unbelievably beautiful ways. Um, every time I talk to Ray, it feels like he's, he's sharing in London or sharing in L.A. Uh, God's given him such influence, and he's a tremendous, a tremendous leader. But apart from all of his ministry accolades, which are, are, are many, uh, he's a dear friend, and he's been someone who I've been able to bounce things off of, um, to be able to share in difficult moments, even during the quarantine, and have him speak uh, life to me, uh, freedom in Christ to me, to pray for me, and it's just been uh, such a gift. And so I-, I hope he'll share some of his story with you today because it is an incredible one uh, that God has had him on, uh, and I'm so uh, so glad that he's going to be teaching us this morning. So let's get to it. I want to uh, kick it over to Philip to-, to read the teaching text this morning. Today's teaching text comes from 1 Kings 19, verses 10 through 18. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king of Aram. Also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the swords of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 of Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, everyone. My name is Raymond Ramos, uh, one of the founders of the Recovery House of Worship Church Planting Movement. Excited, grateful. Um, thank you, Pastor Caleb, for an invitation. Thank you, team. Thank you, Trinity Grace. Um, I am excited. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm ready. All right. Um, thank you so much for reading the scripture. We're talking about Elijah in a cave and God's presence, right? So I got a couple of things. I got an acronym for CAVE that I'll give it to you before I go. And I, I do this little uh, thing that I might not finish my sermons. Is he maybe invite me back? <laughs> I will finish the sermon, I promise, all right? So Elijah's in the cave. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that real quick. 
I don't know if you know the story. Elijah has just performed great miracles. He just won a great battle. He just ran past chariots. Um, he stopped rain. You know, he, made, he said there's going to be no rain. There was no rain. Then he prayed for rain, and there was rain. Like, Elijah is winning. I don't know if you've ever been on, you know, he's winning. He's on a winning streak. And you would never imagine, right, that a mighty man of God, if you look in the scriptures, his name is mentioned here, his name is mentioned there, that this warrior for the Lord, this champion of God, would end up wishing he was dead. We would call it depressed, right? Suicidal, right? How do you go from all the way on the mountaintop. How do you go from, man, this is awesome. God's power is being demonstrated. People are getting saved. Miracles are happening. God's glory is being demonstrated. How do you go from winning and winning and winning to God's glory and God's anointing and God's power to wishing that you was dead? You know, um, I want to I wanna encourage you to be careful how you look at Elijah. Be careful uh, what you might think of him. You know, it's easy. Everybody says, oh, what's wrong with Adam and Eve? You know, how could they be so, you know, and, and many times we're like Adam and Eve. We can be so. And, and I found myself many times, I can identify with Elijah. Um, I remember getting saved. I was a dirty, filthy drug addict running the streets of Brooklyn, scars all over my body. Uh, my mother had a broken heart. Um, embarrass my family. I, I got a drug addict story from the streets of Brooklyn, Rikers Island, C-70, all this stuff. And then God moving in my life and God setting me free and God delivering me from a, a, a terrible drug addiction. The drug addiction that I was wrestling with, the demons I was wrestling was more powerful than a son's love for his own mother. And, and I couldn't stop and I was messed up and addiction ravaged my life. And, and I, was, I was in another cave just like Elijah. I had not experienced the glory of God like he had. But I was in another cave, and I was waiting. If there is a loving God, if God is real, why is he allowing me to live like this? I want to die. I remember being in that cave. And, and, and I don't know where you're at. You know, we're in the, this pandemic. You might be in a cave right now. Someone might have invited you from Trinity Grace, somebody who loves you and cares about you. Hey, come to church via social media. Um, and you might be in a cave. And I remember being in that particular cave. Um, and I thought that was the last cave I would be in. <laughs> um, you keep living. You might end up in some more caves. Just, you know, don't, don't judge Elijah and, and don't judge me. <laughs> All right. So I was in that cave and I was, drug addiction had, had me bound. And I don't know if you, you know, some people are scared of the yets. I was tired of the agains. I was in jail again. I was arrested again. I had done it again. I was so the agains was ravaging me. I couldn't believe I was back in Rikers Island. So I was in this cave and I wanted to die and there is no God and God is not good and all these things. And, and I thought that God, you know, if you was a gracious God, kill me, man. I'm suffering. My, my poor Puerto Rican queen is suffering. I'm ravaging this neighborhood. I'm doing things I don't want to do. And, and, and God did not answer my prayer the way I, I, I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I don't want to break nothing here in Trinity Grace. I'm sorry. All right? If I break anything, Pastor Caleb, he said he'll be very gracious with me. And I promise to stay in this square. Okay? So I was in that cave, and I thought I wanted God to respond in one particular manner. Just like you read it, it was read in the text. Right? He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. He wasn't. Sometimes God does not respond the way we want him, the way that we think we should. And sometimes we should say thank you for that. Right? I got to tell some of the people in Recovery House Worship, maybe some people in Trinity Grace, sometimes we got to thank God for the prayers 
he said no to the prayers. He did, we think he didn't answer, right? And so, so I'm in that cave, and just in case you're in that cave, I want you to know that in the midst of that cave, in the midst of my despair, in the midst of my darkness, um, there was a light. Jesus Christ shined a light upon my life. He met me in my brokenness, like he met Elijah in his brokenness. Um, he can meet you in your brokenness, whatever you're going through. Um, Jesus Christ changed my life. Um, I promise you he could change your life. Um, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Christ is the Lord raised from the dead, you can experience powerful things. God can, God can take you, me, and you from our mess and allow us to carry his message, right? And so um, today we're talking about Elijah in the cave, and, and I was in that cave, and God saved me. And, and then I, got, I started, you know, learning the Bible. I was learning the Bible, and I started experiencing God's miracles in my life. And, you know, I had all these voices in my head, and the, the voices started leaving, and God started moving. And, and, and I, I started recovering out of worship, and people started getting saved, and drug addicts. And, and miracle after miracle, we went from a, a, a Bible study in this little... to, to 40, 50, 60 drug addicts getting, it was miraculous with no seminary. Somebody said, well, where did you get your degree from? I said, I'm sorry, I, don't got, I, don't, I didn't go to seminary, but I did come from the cemetery. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was a dead man walking, and Jesus Christ changed my life, and, and here I am sharing the gospel. So, so like Elijah, to a smaller degree, I experienced God's miracles in my personal life, um, in ministry life, my family, I baptized my mother in the ocean of Florida. I led my own mother to the Lord. I said, you know, my grandmother was not over 90 years. I think statistics, you know, that after 90, they go, you know, they cannot get saved. You know, like very little chance. My grandmother, after 90 years old, received and believed Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, produced fruit of repentance and lived for Jesus Christ, God, honor and glory from that moment forward. I've seen miracles. And, and like Elijah, I found myself in another cave after the miracles that Elijah has seen, after the miracles that God has allowed Elijah to perform, things happen. And I want you to know that even Jesus said, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. Jesus said, you know, you're going to go through drama. You know, Paul tries to war on the single people, right? He says, listen, man, I hope you can be single like me, but if you got to get married, get married. But remember, if you get married, you're going to go through drama. He's like, he's warning the married folks. You're going to go through marital issues, you know? So we're going to go through troubles. We're going to go through tough times. You might find yourself in a cave um, unexpectedly, you know, I was thinking about James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, where it says, Count it pure joy, brothers, when you find yourself going through trials of many kinds. Right? Count it pure joy when you... Why? It says, because you know. You know, what you know is very important. Count it pure joy when you find yourself in a cave. Because you know that the testing of your faith must produce per perseverance. And perseverance, you know, must finish its work. To make you mature, complete, not lacking anything. There's some scriptures in, in, in the Bible that say, listen, you're going to go through difficult times. You're going to find yourself in a cave. Like Elijah, you know, like Elijah, there's, there's some things here I, I want to share with you. You know, some things happen in a cave that might not happen. I don't want to speak in absolute terms because one of the things here is that God doesn't always act 
the way we think he should act or do what we think we should do. Or God doesn't always work in one particular formula. God does whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it. He'll bless who he wants to bless. He'll save who he wants to save. He'll do, he'll heal who he wants to heal. God, you know, he'll do whatever he wants. He don't need our permission, right? Many times instead of trying to find what God's will is and jump on that, we want God to submit his will to our will. And, and that doesn't work very much. And so... God did not come in, in the earthquake. God did not come in the fire. He, did, you know, he came in a whisper, in a whisper. And, and, and I, I was thinking about that. Sometimes God doesn't move and act the way you want him to act. And so he wasn't here. He wasn't there. But one of the, the critical things that's in this verse is, Elijah, what are you doing here? Right? Twice. I remember, uh, I hope I can say this. I, you know, I'm not much... I remember I, I took a Bible study. Of, I, I, I didn't go to seminary, but I went to a Bible school, uh, New York School of the Bible. I went to a Bible school in New York School of the Bible. I took a course. I think uh, somebody blessed me. They paid for me to go to, to, to take this course. And, um, and someone said, you know, I, I didn't know any, you know, anybody know what, you know, can you explain the, the, the Trinity? Can you explain the Godhead? Can you explain, anybody, are you pre-trip, post-trip? I couldn't, I was just in a class like this. And then they said, anyone want a Christophany? Christophany, I said, I, knew, I think, that's a Christian reggae band, right? No, it's not a Christian reggae band. I thought I had the one answer in the Bible class. I said, I got it. No, no. This is, this is Jesus Christ showing up for Elijah. And it's crazy because if you know Elijah's story, this is the prophet that, had a, that a, widow, a widow gave her his, her last. Ravens fed him, and he has the angel of the Lord cooking for him. This is, this, is, this is so important. You understand that no matter what you're going through, if you're suicidal, if you're bent out of shape, if you're acting in a way that you think you shouldn't be acting, if you're bugged out, if you're cuckoo for cocoa, whatever it is, Jesus Christ says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsaken you. I'll never abandon you. If you know the scriptures, nothing can separate me from your love. So if you're having a moment, I call them episodes. Every now and then we have episodes. You know, we, you know uh, um, if you're having a moment, if you go to a doctor, it's, it's okay. Elijah went through it. Moses, John the Baptist, you know, he had a crisis of faith. John the Baptist, right? He, he said, man, go tell Jesus. Je Listen, guys, Jesus is he really the, you're going to go through crises of faith. And here's, what's important to know is that God, it, it doesn't move him. He, he's, not, he's not mad at you. One of my favorite books says God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. He loves you. And here he's demonstrating his grace so much. He, he comes to Elijah and he says, Elijah, what, what, what are you doing here? And, and obviously, like if you know about Abraham, you know, if you know about Adam, and when, when God asks, Adam, for example, Adam, where are you? God knows where Adam is at, right? You know that God knows everything. He wants Adam to kind of like, yo, where you at, man? What's going on with you? Why are you hiding? So, so I think the question, we, you know, I, I teach recovery. I'm with my friend, Pastor Anthony, and we, we, teach, we, we train recovery coaches, right? And we're talking about we got to train the church to help these addicts. And, you know, we're trying to, I'm with the Recovery House Worship, so we're trying to raise up warriors in the kingdom of God, Christian recovery coaches that will reach addicts and alcoholics and, and addiction has many faces. And, and so, so my, my point is that, that is a, we call it, motivational interviewing <laughs> in the recovery coach world. The Holy Spirit is asking Elijah, where are you? He wants him to take a look at where you're at. How did you end up? What's going on? What's on your mind? Is the devil giving you a Bible study? 
Are you having a spiritual warfare, schizophrenic, bipolar moment that you have to take an assessment? It's perfectly fine. This is life. Some things are normal to go through, especially during dark times like these. Like some things are normal and natural for, for a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled, Christ-centered believer to go through. You know, Jesus was, was in, 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 in the garden and, and Jesus said, man, if there's another way, if, there, if, if we can do this, if we can make another arrangement, then let this cup pass it from me. But he said this, but let not my will be done, let your will be done. So, so if Jesus can be sweating bullets and going through his process, surely you can. And I know, I know there's a lot of Christians that, that there's the ideal, which is the scriptures. This is the ideal. This is where I want. This is, this is the word of God, right? This is what I want to live out. This is what I, I want my faith to demonstrate that this is true. I can't do it in my own strength. You can't do it in your own strength. I need the power of God in my life flowing in me and through me to allow these scriptures to come alive in my life. I don't want to just talk something that I'm not able to live. I don't want to talk about an abundant life that I'm not experiencing. This is relational. This is, this is real. This is true. You can go through dark times and you can cry and you can things can come out of your mouth that and that's another point that I like we we don't get to that in this scripture but Elijah had to take a walk by himself his servant came with him but so far and then he took a walk by himself and and that's when he said oh you know I gotta take my life sometimes you need to get away and just let you know say God knows already he's a tough powerful you know Powerful God. He can handle your emotions. He can handle whatever you're thinking. He can handle your, your episodes. You know, we tell our people. Um, and, and it's important to take an assessment of, of where I'm at. Man, I'm going through a difficult time. And, and, and one of the things that's awesome and powerful to know is that God is never late. He's always on time. He'll show up. He'll be there. He's with you. Someone said, I've been through very dark times. I've been um, just Monday. And uh, just Monday, um, it's been one year that one of my sons died in a car accident at 17 years old, Monday. And so, you know, you can, grieving, we don't mourn like the world, but we mourn. You know, my heart leaks, my heart is broken. I had a 19-year-old son a couple years ago die of a drug overdose. I know what, I've been in some caves, and, and I've thought some things that are not scriptural, and I've said some things that are not sexy, spiritual, or, or anointed, or doctrinal. I've, I've, been through a, I've been through some things. And, and what's important to understand is that in caves, when you're going through dark times, you can experience things that there's maturity of character, which I'm going to talk about, right? Your level of awareness and acceptance gets addressed. The, you know, the V, valor, right? You, you, because of your faith is increasing and God's developing your character, the, the biblical valor that you demonstrate, that, that you're able to go through what you go through. I tell some of the people, thank God you don't look like what you've been through. Thank God, you know, you, you're shining. You, I got a little makeup on today. My man hooked me up. I got some makeup on today. Thank God I don't look like what I've been through. I've been through some things, but by the power of God and the glory of God and the grace of God, when I wanted to throw in the towel, he held me down. It wasn't my own strength. It wasn't my own power. It wasn't because it was the grace of God that, like Elijah, showed up right on time. And listen to me, God, if you're watching this, I don't know how you are, God is knocking on your door. And he said, there's no problem, there's no depression, there's no addiction, there's no cave, there's no emotion, there's no demon in hell that can come against you, that can overwhelm you and be greater than the power of God in your life. 
In fact, God will use the enemy's attacks and life's turmoil and trials and tribulations that come our way. It's not personal. It's just life. And if you're trying to draw close to God, then there's a level of spiritual warfare that comes through. And God will meet you wherever you're at. And he will mold you. And he will shape you. And he'll, and he'll cook bread for you. And he'll give you water. It's incredible what God does in, in Elijah's life in this moment. And is an illustration of what God wants to do in your life and my life. When we go through hard times, if you're going through hard times. And, you know, one of the things about James, um, he says, you know, counted pure joy, right? I'm, I want to read to you the scripture. So it says, counted pure joy when you face trials. Not if you face trials. When you face trials of many kinds. That's, that's important to know. This little story here that Elijah, you know, this, this powerful things that he's been through and powerful things that he's done. And, and, and it's important to know that, that there's mountaintop experiences and they're, they're valuable and needed. And, you know, I need some, I need, we were just talking to Pastor Caleb and, and the team here about, man, a couple of baptisms last year and a couple of people taking steps closer to the Lord during this pandemic, during dark times, God is still moving. And, and, and if you're like me, and if you've been through some hard times in ministry, pastors, I know that we gotta, we, you know, we gotta look good, and the, the, the lights are on, and, and I got a nice shirt on, and, and we go through things, and it's important to be able to be honest and authentic with God. And God, I'm going through it. God, where are you? God, why did you let this? I mean, you know, I know that the spiritual thing is say, not don't ask why, but say what. I know, I, I know. This is the ideal. I know. But we have to deal with the real. This is the ideal, but first we got to deal with the real. And in reality, we're human and we go through thoughts, emotions, we go through different attacks. Um, and the devil is, is a coward in a way where we're, when we're most vulnerable, he'll attack us. And so, Elijah, where are you? Where are you today? Where are you? Where are you at spiritually? What's going on in your life? Um, this pandemic is no joke. I know people make me, it's, 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 it's attacked, it's affected people in so many ways, in so many ways. Um, and, and there's all type. where are you? Man, are you going through a hard time? Is your money funny? You know, are you, are you financially uh, going through some tough times? You know, um, be it, I, 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 my wife has been in the same house with me nonstop for a whole year. Pray for her. Pray for her. She's had to deal with me on Zoom, on Zoom, I'm Zooming, I'm Zooming, I'm Zooming, I'm Zooming, I'm recording, I'm Zooming. She has, to, she has to be at work. You know, my daughter, man, the people you love the most sometimes, you know, too much of anything. You could, you could die drinking too much water. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could, you could drink too much water. So too much of anything. Man, are, are your relationships um, under stress, you know, for lack of... Um, has the enemy tried to convince you to, 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 you know, let's pleasure, let's seek pleasure in some things that are not, where, where are you? Just where are you? And you don't got to talk, obviously you don't know me, but just take an assessment. I think that in this, in this verse, in this scripture, take a, take a self-assessment. I'm in the recovery house of worship. We, we always taking inventory, right? Why did that make me feel like that? Why did that guy bother me? Does this need to be said? Does this need to be said right now? This is said right now by me. Like, I'm always asking myself questions. I'm always trying to become more self-aware. In this particular verse, you know, in, in 9 and 13, where are you? Where are you? I think it's important to, to regularly take a checkup from, you know, we say check a, check a checkup for the neck up before you get wrecked up, you know? You know, so take a spiritual EKG. Where are you? 
Um, and so, so he's going through that. And then the way he responds, he responds, you know, it's easy to be hyper-spiritual looking at Elijah. Right? He, he says, where are you? Right? Let's go to verse, you know, verse 13. He says, where are you, Elijah? And then in verse 14, he says this. I, I, I need my, my glasses. And, all right. It says this in verse 14. Okay? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your promise to death with the sword. I am the, o- I am the only one. Come on. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill you. You ever think that like, you're the only one? Right? You ever think that like, no one knows what I'm going through? COVID-19. I can't. I got to wear a mask. I can't go to. No one. Uh. The devil would love for every one of us to throw a, a pity party. Right? My, my, one of my mentors offended me once. I'm going to tell you what he said. I called him up. I said, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm going through the, the worst. Nobody. He says, it sounds like this pity party you're throwing is so horrendous, the devil is going to leave you alone with this one. <laughs> he said, your pity party is so bad, not even Satan wants to be around you. I was like, yo, that's pretty offensive. But I'm throwing a pity party. Elijah says, I'm the only one. Right? I think 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13 says something very powerful, right? No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. That's offensive because I've been through some things like nobody, Armstrong, nobody knows, Anthony, nobody, Caleb, nobody knows what a baby boy. The Bible says that no temptation has seized you except that was common. I know that you're overwhelmed and you're going through your episode and you're going through the way, you know, you, we've, many of us have gone through it. You're going to be okay. <laughs> it's okay to have your moment, have your moment, okay? But spend time, this whole thing is about the presence of the Lord, right? We're talking, the, 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 the Spirit of God comes, Elijah's there, he's going through his experience, his circumstances are overwhelming him, his feelings are overwhelming him, his own thoughts are, 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 are not nice, right? I, I want to die, take my life, right? I'm done here. And so, very important, very important, you're not the only one. And not only you're not the only one, things like these happen to give you an opportunity to grow. Now, that's not always nice, we don't always want to hear that, but Elijah is in this cave, and he's going through this process, and, and he's thinking, I'm the only one, and you know, that whole, you know, I used, I used to drive, I'm, I go to 12-step meetings, right? We have a saying in the 12-step meetings, pour me, pour me, pour me a drink, <laughs> right? And so we don't, I, I haven't had a drink in 29 years and 11 months. Today is 29 and 11 months. And so, but that's the same. Pour me, pour me, pour me a drink, right? Pour me. And so Elijah's having a pity party. He's going through it. And, and don't try to be hyper-spiritual and look down upon him. We have another saying. The only time, if you're going to look down on someone, the only time you should look down upon them is to help them get up, right? And so Elijah's going through it. Where are you? He responds, you don't know what I'm going through. Look at what I'm going through. Look at Sometimes, sometimes we get so caught up on how our problem, our problem, our problem, our problem, our problem, you know, our, that, that, you know this, that whatever you focus on gets bigger. Did you know that? Whatever you focus on gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I had to learn at some point in my life and what the Spirit of the Lord is going to do here is stop looking at your problems. Instead of saying, look at how big my problems are, how about tell your, how big my God is? 
How, that my God is able to do far greater than anything I can imagine, think of, or pray for. That, that ooh, I know this hurts, and this, you know, I, I want to be careful with the words I use because I'm using the recovery house of worship. Is, I, I, I know this is horrible. I know this sucks. I know this. But I know that God's going to grow me, and God's going to get some glory through this. I know that, that God has entrusted me with this trial. That God has entrusted me with this tribulation. That God has entrusted me with this storm. And he must think more of me than I think of myself because I never, I, I would never have chosen to go. I don't even think I'm going to make it. But obviously the Bible says to him who's able to keep you from stumbling. To him, who, not in my own power, not in my own intellect, not in my own, in, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord came, comes and meets Elijah, right? So he has his, he has his, he has his story, right? And, and, and everybody has a story, right? Come on, everybody has, you know, I, I, hope, I, I'm, I hope you guys like Raymond Ramos and, and I get to come back. But I, want, I like to be real. Everybody got a story. Everybody likes to justify and rationalize why they're not responding appropriately, spirit-filled, Christ-like, biblically. They want, oh, but you don't understand what they said to me and what they did to me, and it's not fair. And, and you might be right that it's not fair and is an injustice. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's not about what happens to you. It's about what happens in you as a result of what happens to you. All right? Allow God to develop your character. I, I made an acronym for CAVE, and I, I think I said, the C is for character, right? And, and, and I think we all know this, or if you don't know it, I'm going to share it with you. God is more concerned with our character than he is with our comfort. We are more concerned with being comfortable, right? Then I, I, I just want to be comfortable. I just want, no, you, sometimes you got to get very uncomfortable to develop character. Let, let, me, let me read to you a quote that I have here. Um, it says this, all right? Character. I think Helen Keller said it. When I was a little boy in school, they had us read Helen Keller books. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Helen Keller said that. And I thought, Pop, character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. And my first is, why not? <laughs> why not? Can we just, let's just lay in the sun and develop character. No, you got to go in a cave. You got to go in a cave. And so, okay, so I, my time is, is, is running. So the, the angel Lord speaks to him. He tells him his story. Everybody got a story. We got a slogan in Recovery House Worship. I'm going to share with Trinity Grace, all right? So I, when I go up to somebody, I say, listen, what's going on? Why aren't you serving God? Why aren't you doing this? Why, why where's, you know, yeah. Why aren't you giving to the work of the Lord? Why aren't you, you know, we ask people, we make a commitment in the church, right? That we're going to serve God together. We're going to finance the vision of this church. We're going to serve, you know, we're, here, we're not here for ourselves. When God saved you, when God saved me, he had other people in mind, right? So we made a commitment to the vision that God has given us, which I'll talk about in a minute, and we're going to serve. So sometimes we get so caught up in our stuff. Elijah, instead of doing what he was supposed to do and going where he was supposed to go, he's in a cave now. Right? He, he's, he's focused on self, a little bit self-centered, a little bit self-obsessed, right? And, and because he's so full of himself, yeah, you guys understand what I'm saying, that he's off track now. And so we tell each other, we tell, you know, I say, hey, you're supposed to be teaching. You're supposed to be preaching. Why wasn't you in a Zoom group? Why wasn't you in a prayer meeting? Why wasn't, oh, you don't understand. So here's the saying. You ready? Stop it with your story and just give God his glory. All right, stop it with your story. I'm not trying to minimize your pain. I tell you, I buried two teenage boys in, during ministry not long ago. I buried my best friend, overdoses, you know, internal controversy. You know, ministry is, when you're dealing with the people group I'm dealing with, 
when you're dealing with any people group, there's trials of many kinds, there's differences of opinion, there's conflicts of interest, this guy wants to do worship, this guy wants to read the Bible, this guy wants to do fellowship, this guy wants to pray. You get the idea, right? It gets rough. Stop it with the story. Get yourself together. Pray. Get, spend time in the presence of God. Get into the presence. Get, stop focusing on your problems. Stop focusing on God's power, on what God is able to Remember what the Holy Spirit, what God is doing in Elijah's life right now. He's ministering to him. Right? He, he, cooked, he made two meals for him in, in, in this chapter, too. Can you imagine two meals? I was thinking about this. I was thinking about, all right. Okay. So, Holy Spirit is there. Stop it with your story. Give God his glory. That's ultimately, so Elijah tells him a story. Now the Holy Spirit tells him this, verse, you know, first, verse, oh, my, my, my book is, I'm sorry. Verse 15, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Mahala to succeed you as prophet. I want to see how she read this. I can't wait to see how she read that, all right? Very, so, so now here's what, what happens, all right? So I told you that the first, the C is for character. God wants to develop our character, all right? And, and we, we, I gave you a Helen Keller quote. Let me give you Romans 5, 3 and 5, a very good verse says this. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. We also glory in our suffering. We give God the glory in our sufferings, okay? Because we know, remember, what you know is very important. What you know will determine your attitude, okay? If you, if you don't know that God is bigger than your problem, if you don't know that God's going to show up, if you know that God's going to get, then you're going to drown in that cup of water. But if you know that God is going to show up, he's going to show out, he's going to empower me, he's going to help me, he's going to grow me, my character is going to be built, I'm going to go, you know, if you know that you'll be coming out like gold, shining like gold when this is over. We tell our people, when, when this is over, you're going to be okay. So if you're not okay, it's just not over yet. Just hold on. All right. So not only, so it says, we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through, Holy, through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we know that, that this is a process that we go through trials. We, we come from drug addict people, right? You know, a lot of people used to be drug addicts. They, they, used, to, they, they used to glow in the dark, all right? That's a drug addict. Today they grow in the dark, all right? So you too can grow in the dark. You, you glory in your suffering because you, can, you know this. You know, the, the other one, James, you know, one, two, consider pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know, know this, that you're going to have all types of trials. You know, know it now. Can, in the Lord or not in the Lord? Let me just be, you know, what type of problems you, you want? You want we tell people you can suffer or you can go through pain. I'd rather go through pain. Suffering with no hope, without Jesus, without a church, without a pastor, without people to pray. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to suffer out there like I used to. I'd rather go through pain and trials with the church, with a pastor, with people that love me, with the family of God, with the truth of God's word, encouraging me, with the Holy Spirit ministering. You know, you, so you're going to go through trials either if you're a Christian, you're not a Christian, serving the Lord, not serving. I want, I want to serve the Lord. I want to, I want to win. I want to grow. I want to be more that God has called me to be. I want to profit from my pain. I want to profit from my struggles. I want other people to profit. You get what I'm saying to you? So, 
Character is built, okay? Very important, character is built. The A is for awareness and acceptance, whichever one you want. I, you know, helps me become more aware. When, when I'm going through a, a, a cave experience, when I'm going through a dark time, it helps me take an assessment. Raymond, what's going on with you? Why are you, why do you think you're responding like this? You know, the Bible says count the pure joy. Why are you not counting the pure? What, what? And I, I get to take a, a, a self-assessment of myself and be honest with myself. I, I'm going through hard times. I'm going through difficult times. It's rough. I need God. I need God. The, the answer is always, I need God. I need you, God. This is bigger than me. I need you, God. I, I'm, for some reason, I'm not able to handle this appropriately. I need you, God. My emotions are, I, it's okay. I need you, God. The Bible says he is made perfect in our weakness. I'm weak. I need you, God. It's okay. All right. The, the, the V, I thought about several, but the vision, the vision, right? You know, in Proverbs 29, 29 18, it says that where, where, where there's no vision, the people perish. But he's lost his vision. So he's asking God to take his life. So when you go through storms and trials, it'll help you with, with your vision. What are you focusing on? By vision is meant here. Where's your spiritual enlightenment at? What level of spiritual enlightenment are you at? You, maybe you need to increase in your level of spiritual enlightenment. You need more of Jesus. You need more, you know, more the presence. The presence of God does this. It's not a, it's not a counseling session. Counseling isn't great. I, I, you know, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the presence of God in my life. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. I need the whole, okay, then you got the E, is you're able to endure. You're able to endure like a good soldier. You know, to endure means to hold up on the pain and hardship without yielding. Man, I want to endure. I, wa I don't want to, I don't want to, I remember once I was, I wanted to quit in ministry. I've been to a lot of caves. You know, I've been serving drug addicts and alcoholics and prostitutes and gang members. And they broke into my house five times and they robbed me of this and they stole my car. And, you know, I, I, come, from the, I come from the street, you know. So I, I, I've been through some things. And, and this endure to hold up under pain and hardship without yielding. Don't yield to your flesh, Raymond. Don't yield to the devil's lies. Don't yield, don't yield to the ways of the world. Don't yield to the easier, softer way. Man, stand on God's word. Now, again, this cannot be done in our own. It's the presence of God that enables us. It's the power of God. To yield is to last, to bear hardship. I, I want to be here. You know, I think about Trinity Grace and Caleb. and the guy. Man, you guys are still here. You know how many people have come and gone to New York City, start churches, million-dollar budgets, this, that, and they're gone. You guys are still here. You, I don't know how many years, 2005, 2006, what, 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 you're still here. You guys have endured hardship. You can't come to, you know what New York is known as? I, I'm a New Yorker. I, I'm, I, I think I'm called the indigenous leader. I don't know. I think that's what they call me. I've been here, homebred, fighting demons. New York is known to be a cemetery for church planters. You guys have endured you're still preaching the gospel. You're still standing on God's word. And so I, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Very powerful. Man, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And my time is, I got to get out of here. So check it out. All right. The Holy Spirit wants to mold you and shape you in your weakness. You can go to God. You're going to be in caves and then you can get your, get your vision back. Why did God save you? Why are you? Why aren't you dead? 
Why aren't you in prison? If you come out to worship, if you, I'm not in jail. I'm not in prison. I'm not rolling around the floor smoking K2. I'm not, I've been set free. Why? There's a reason why you, God saved you. There's a reason why God got your attention. There's a reason why you listen to the sermon right now. Respond to God. Surrender your life to the Lord. Give God an opportunity to show up in your life, to heal your hurts, to renew your mind, to, to, to remove all the shame and guilt and remorse and resent, whatever you got. Everybody got stuff. The Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, God can do a miraculous transformation in your life. If you just say, God, I need you. Like Elijah, I don't, I don't know what to do. He will do it in you and through you. And the, you know, the ears for endure, you will endure, come out. And so I'm, I'm going to, I, I want to thank you. I know I didn't talk a lot about myself or because I was worship, but I'm very grateful for Trinity Grace. I'm grateful for your pastors. Uh, you know, since you've come, we've been praying for you. You guys came to New York and we met at the prayer retreat and all types of stuff. I'm so grateful that we're, we're connecting on this level now. You got a, a, a Puerto Rican from Brooklyn here. You let him, you let him into your studio. You know, I love you guys. I'm praying for you guys. Remember, when you're in the cave, God will he'll grow your character. He'll help you with your awareness and acceptance of where you're at. Right? He'll help you with the vision he's called you to, what purpose he has for you. And he'll give you the power to endure. It's all within God's power, God's presence. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy upon our lives. God, thank you for this experience that Elijah went through. Thank you that he responded in obedience. He went and did what you called him to do, and he finished well, God. So help us, God. Help us to fix our minds on your power, on the spirit of the living God, on your love and compassion. Help us know that your mercies endure, God, that you love us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for all of Trinity Grace, all those watching, God, that you would help us to run to you in our weakness, to run to you in our brokenness, to run to you when we're, when we're going through our struggles, God, that you are the one that can mold us, shape us, renew us, strengthen us, put us back on the right path, and send us to complete that which you've called us to do. Bless the family of Trinity Grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.